This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Let us pray. God, our creator, our sustainer, redeemer, deliverer, one who loves us so much. As we come now to preach your word, we pray that we, your servants, may hear the word, but not just be hearers, but followers of your word to do your will, your way. God, we pray right now that for everyone who hears this message, would get what you have for each one of us to get individually and then collectively that you might get the glory. God, even if it was not our intention to hear on today, even if we were just strolling through to see which church we want to watch on today online, we pray that everyone who stops and hears and receives will carry this message with others, that those who don't know you will come to know you as we seek to win the loss for you. And as we seek to grow in you and be more what you'd have us to be. So Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Preach, Holy Ghost, preach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our subject on today, let's do this. Let's do this. <clears throat> now just to encourage you. Those who are around you, they may not be sitting too close to you, you're socially distanced, but if somebody's close enough to you that they can hear what you're saying, uh, look around and say to someone right now, you don't know the whole context of this, but just trust me, it's a good thing I'm asking you to do. So look around at somebody and just say to them, let's do this. All right, if they look like they're not going to do it, look at somebody else and tell them, say, let's do this. We live in a time when we can't just sit back, observe, and do nothing. Matter of fact, doing nothing, in fact, is doing something, but that's not something that's good. Others will decide your fate. Others will decide your outcome. Others will decide your destiny. And believe me, most people are not looking out for your interests or for your good. Even if you're not completely sure about what you want or how to get there, don't just sit back and wait on others to figure it out for you. Do something. Do more than whine. Do more than complain. Do more than frustrate yourself. Do more than stress yourself out. Do more than just wish and dream. Do more than wait for the knight in shining armor or the man or woman that you dreamed about to sweep you off your feet. It's time to move forward and to do something. This world needs you to do something. Our nation needs you to do something. Our state needs you to do something. Our county needs you to do something. Our city needs you to do something. Our community needs you to do something. Your neighbors need you to do something. Your home needs you 
to do something. And guess what? You can do it. Notice this. Our God is a God of action. Oh, yes, yes. He has the word. And when we look at his word, and a lot of people are intimidated by, the, by how large the Bible is. And so well, that's a lot of words in there. But God was so, is such a God of action and so intent that we get it right. That look at what he did for us. His word has a lot of words, but his book is really a book of action. God's word and God's actions go hand in hand. God's word and God's action goes hand in, God's word and God's action goes hand in hand. So much so that God's, God personifies his word into action. He personifies his word into action. How does he do that? Mm. By sending his son who actually becomes the word. Yeah, we take a look at John chapter 1. The gospel according to John chapter 1, beginning of verse 1, we find these words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Overcome it. There was a man sent from John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. We'll skip down to verse 14 in John 1. And the word became flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as Oh, as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. But what, what is that saying to us? We talk about we have words, and yet words become the word. Jesus lived on this earth. Now get this. You've heard this many times. So you've got to fill in the blanks here. Jesus lived on this earth, and he went about. He went about doing good. Have you ever heard that before? He went about doing good. I emphasize this this morning because we're so familiar with it that we may miss it. But Jesus went about doing good. Let me say it again. Let me go through one more time. Jesus went about doing good. <laughs> You're going to get that at the moment. Doing not just thinking good, not just talking good, not just wishing good, but he went about doing good. We too have been called to action. We are well equipped to do what the Lord said do. I know sometimes we like to come into worship and sort of get this out of the way. Folk are glad to be back in the physical building because folk didn't feel like if you don't come to church, you really hadn't worshiped. If you don't come into the building, we're really not doing God's will. Well, let me throw this out to you. Just coming in the building is not necessarily doing God's will. Now, it's his will that none should perish, so you come in. That's a part of what you would do. But you are not done at the benediction. I got to say that to us. We are not done at the benediction. We enter the worship and we depart to serve. We have work to do. 
God has called us. He went about doing good. We are here today. We will commune with one another. We call this communion Sunday. Why, why do we do this? Why do we do this? We, we call this communion Sunday. We commune together. Have you ever figured out why it is that we come together and commune on the first Sunday? And let me tell you, Savannah is sort of different from many other places in the state, in this world. But I, I know in the state, I've been around on Sunday mornings before I became pastor here. And uh, there are some places. When I went to uh, West Georgia, in County, Georgia, we would go to church. And on communion Sunday, they would have worship, and then they'd give the benediction. And then they said, well, if anybody want to stay for communion, you can stay. And half the people leave, because you know, like, you gave me the benediction. Savannah's one of those places that we show up on communion Sunday. I mean, all over, not just first half, but we show up for communion on communion Sunday. And I begin to wonder why is that. But if you ever look in the books that we have here at First African, uh, dating back to um, 1700s, 18, early 1800s, you'll see some things in those books. And it shows us how people were expelled from the church for many different reasons. They were expelled for, for fornication. Um, they were expelled for uh, neglect of Christian duty. They were expelled for dancing. The shuffle. I mean, anyway, uh, they, 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 they were just expelled for various things. But the one that really came out to me was they were expelled for neglect of Christian duty. Neglect of Christian duty. Now, now do you know what that was? I, I had, you got to read a little further to find out what that was. What neglect of Christian duty was, was they didn't show up for communion on first Sunday. You could get expelled from the church by not being there for communion. Which shows why in this area, particularly not just First African, but all over in Savannah, why folk didn't want to miss communion Sunday. And that became ingrained in our mind. But, but why do we have this in the first place? Why commune in the first place? I'm glad you asked. We go to First Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. First Corinthians 11, verse 23 says, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. We're doing communion out of obedience. We're doing communion because the Lord said, do this. Hallelujah. Praise his name. We're following his word that we may do his will. So seeing that we desire to obey God so that his will can be done as we strive for excellence in kingdom building, let's look at what we can do and what we must do. Uh, let's say it to folk again. Let's do this. Go ahead, tell somebody around you. Let's do this. All right, first, what is it we're going to do? First, let's sacrifice. Give self. First, give self. First John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. 
Jesus died for us, we ought live for others. Woo. Yes, sir. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If we are to make a difference in this world, if we are to win the loss for Christ, we're going to have to truly love others in such a way that we don't always have to get it our way. We're talking about winning 10. We're talking about winning anybody for Christ. Folk have to be able to see Christ in you. They don't have to see our self-righteousness. They need to be able to see Christ in us, his love, his grace, his mercy. Oh, yes, we know God loved the world from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But don't do 16 without 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He wants to use us to get his will done. Yeah, well, he wants to use us. If we're to make a difference in this world, we have to do what we can. Can we just take time to listen to one another without judging and condemning? Can, can we just take time? The word of God tells us we ought to be patient. First it says be patient with other Christians. I don't, I don't know why they had to put in the Bible to tell Christians to be patient with each other. It seems like we should be patient with folk who don't know the Lord, but he tells us be patient with each other. Bear with one another. <laughs> Oh, doesn't the Lord know us? Praise the Lord. But, but listen, if we could do it with each other, we could also do it with folk who don't know Christ. Y'all can hear me. We could be patient with people who don't know Christ, and we can listen to the things they're going through. We can listen to their circumstances and situations. And you're probably wondering why there's so much crazy folk in your life. Why there's so many folk complaining to you all the time. Why they come to you and they don't go to somebody else. Why does your boss always come talk to you about the problems that they're having. Why is it everybody coming to you? It's because God has placed in you what the world needs. Hallelujah. They're coming to you. because Look, there's so many of us that really won't go out and knock on doors and tell people they need to come to know Christ. But we really can't miss it when Christ sends folk to us. You think they just wanted something to eat. Or you think they just want to get something off their chest about how their husband treated them. You think they just want to talk about the bad situation. In. You thought they wanted to tell you the whole trouble what they had all of their life. No, 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 no. God sent them to you so you can listen and then share his word with them that they may come to know him. Because it's his will that none should perish. All of us have somebody we wonder, how you came to me? How you got my number? Any of y'all ever heard it? How you got my number? I remember one time we were, were talking to some folk that were coming from jail and, um, and just burning my phone up, just, just, just calling, calling me on my cell phone. Now, I know that every member of First African Baptist Church has my number. It's, it's not private or anything whatsoever. I, I've had the same number from all the way when there was a, a company called Powertail. That, that's, that's when it started. I got the same number from back in Powertail. And um, I was wondering why I was getting so many calls from people who had been in jail, you know, about needing help and everything else. And I found out, somebody told me, Pastor, on the wall in the jail 
It says, if you need help, call 912-441-8640. Now, now, I don't have to go all out preaching to get folks to come to Christ. All I got to do is answer my phone. <laughs> and I can tell you that, that in my younger days, um, I, I wish he was here to, to admit to know this, but there was a young man who in my younger days who was part of the Kappa League at Beach High School that um, I admit, I was guilty, I'm admit, I, I drove a little fast. I, I'll admit that there were times that I drove fast, and I would say, because I would say sometimes a little reckless. I would, I would say that because I was trying to get from point A to point B. Uh, as a police chaplain, I'll never forget, uh, Chief Gallatin said to me one time when, they, when he would go to the hospital, there would be something that I have to go to the police chaplain to the hospital, and there were times when I would beat the chief to the hospital and he had emergency equipment on his car. And he said, how you get it before I did, chief? Don't ask no questions. <laughs> but during those times, I brought it up because, because there were times when I would literally pick up uh, young folk, particularly, who needed to get a ride from one place to the other. They'd call me, whatever, and want to ride with me. And I just tried to figure out how it was that by the time they got out the car, they wanted Jesus. <laughs> I had a driving ministry <laughs> that they'd hold on, put the seatbelt on, they'd be holding on, and like, yes, Lord, I, I might want to meet the Lord today. How, how do you get to know Jesus? And we'll do the sinner's prayer with them, and they'll come to Christ. <laughs> I'm not advocating that for be your ministry, all right? I'm not advocating for that. But I'm saying that we have, to, we have to do our part. We ought lay down our lives. But before we lay down our lives, can we just lay down our prejudices? Can we lay down our judgments about others who we really don't know? Can we just take time to love them enough to hear their story? Hear what they've been through? Can we just have compassion? That's the first part this word tells us right now. Jesus gave his life for us. We ought live for others. Think about it. Is it really so important that you get your point across? Is it really so important that they understand everything you want them to hear, even when they're trying to tell you their circumstances, situation? Is it is the greater good that they have an opportunity to connect with you and realize you really do care about them, so maybe the God that you love is the God they want to love also? I'm trying to help us to win 10, y'all. Secondly, not only must we give ourselves, secondly, we must give substance. Look at 1 John 3.17. It says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? I'll do it again. But if anyone has the world's goods, anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Now, I know what you're saying. We know that we don't have the world's goods. Or, or do you? I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know who's watching online. Do, do you have the world's goods? Jeff, are you watching? <laughs> yeah. You got the world's goods? All right. But, but let me say this to every last one of us. You may not personally have the world's goods in your bank account, but you have access to the world's goods. Oh, yes, you do. You have access 
to the ones who have access to the world's goods. That's why we vote. It's really about the money, wealth, and prosperity. My dad, the late Reverend Eugene Caesar Tillman Sr., um, as he went into politics and uh, got to the House of Representatives for the state of Georgia, as, as he did that, he would say to me, as it relates to politics, if you want to know what's important, just follow the money. Follow the money. God has put enough resources on this earth and in this earth to care for everyone that lives on this planet. But he allows us, mankind, through free will to determine how it will be distributed. You do know the earth is the Lord, the fullness of the world, and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to God. Yeah, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but it's according to the power that works in us. He's given us the power to make certain determinations and even the power to how we deal with one another. Yeah, so what he tells us to do. You have a say-so in how the world's goods will be distributed. Just do your homework. Who out of those running for all of these offices, who out of all of these candidates care enough about people who are in need? In whose heart does God's love abide? Look at this verse again, 1 John 3.17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? If he closes his heart to health care, if he closes his heart to caring for the least, the last, and the lost, if he closes his heart, if they close their heart to those who are in need, the love of God cannot abide in them. I'm just saying, take time to research each candidate. Hear their hearts. Look at what they've already done. Look at their track record. Do they really have purpose or do they just want power? Do your homework. Ask the hard questions because we're connected to being able to distribute the world's goods everywhere to do the work God has called us to do. Lastly, we need to give service. We must give of ourselves. We must, we must call substance to be given. But where the greatest needs are, we must also serve. 1 John 3.18 says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. We must serve this present age, our calling to fulfill. The way we give of ourselves and the reason we contribute to giving of this world substance is because our actions should be out of service, out of service every day. We must do something, we must serve, and we can do it. There are things that we must do, and we must do them now. Jesus came because he loves us. Again, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came because God loves us. Jesus loved us so much that he sacrificed for us. He calls us now 
to be able to sacrifice. He calls us now to get out of ourselves and just what I want. I know we live in a me generation. We live in what can I get? What can just me and my family get? But what happens when we open up our minds and our hearts to say, Spirit of the living God, just use me. Mold me. Break me. Use me. God, move in me that I can be the person you want me to be. So I can reach out as you want me to reach out. So I can care as you want me to care. So I can love like you want me to love. I can do those things you have me to do. We have communion on the first Sunday of every month to remember his actions. We remember his compassion. We remember his love. And then we should be because we remember. It's not just to remember and to say we had a good time in worship. We should remember in order to be inspired. We should remember in order to be compelled. We should remember so we can get excited about doing the work God has called us to do. He tells us to do those things he tells us to do. He doesn't just say, I want you to think about it. I, I want you to pray about it. I want you to sing about it. He wants us to do it. Let me talk to the parents just for a second. Parents, do you have, to your children, do you want your children to do those things you talk about? Or do you want them to just think about those things you tell them about? I mean, if, if, if they've been there all day long and dishes in the, in the, in the, in the sink and the room needs to be clean, do you want to just say, I, uh, the room needs to be cleaned and dishes ought to be washed? Do you want your child to come back to you and say, Mom, Dad, I heard what you said. You said the dishes ought to be washed. I heard what you said. You said I ought to clean up my room. I heard you. Matter of fact, do you want to sing about it? Oh, mama and daddy, I heard what you said. Oh, my mother and daddy, hey, I heard what you said. My mother and my daddy, I heard what you said. Woo! I heard. Just what you said. And then, and, then, and, then, and then do you want them to hear it so much till they shout about it? Woo, I heard what you said. I heard what you said. Now, are, and, and are you telling me that's all you wanted as parents? For them to hear about it, to sing about it, to shout about it. To show up in your house and just talk about they heard what you said. Is there something else that needs to happen, parents? Oh, they need to do it. Woo! Oh, okay, wait, wait. I can't leave out the young people. Children, 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 children. When you have said clearly to your parents, I need this $50. Because I'm trying to get something done. I, Mom and Dad, I need this $50. Do you want your parents to say to you, I heard what you said. You need some money today. Oh, I heard what you said. You need some money today. Now, is, now wait a minute. Now, now, so, so young people, is that, is that all you want? Is for them to hear that you want the money? You, you want them to write it down and say you want the money? Do you want them to run around the house and say, ooh, you need money. Ooh, you need money. No, you want them to what? Do something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I want them to do something. 
Wow. So why is it that we come to worship and we'll sing about doing something? I preach about doing something. We'll talk about doing something. We'll get excited about doing something. We'll shout about doing something. I wonder what God is saying to us. I think he's saying, you got to do it. All I want to say this morning is, let's do this. What, 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 what are you saying? Look, look at you. Now, what you're saying, do what? Because I'm, I'm saying we got to follow Christ, right? And I know what y'all saying right now. You know, that's a hard act to follow. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. John chapter 14, verse 12. I'm done. John chapter 14, verse 12 says, Jesus says, Truly, I say, this is Jesus speaking. Truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Will also do the works that I do. And greater works, woo, greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. You, listen, listen, listen. Jesus has no problem with you doing your best to outdo him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got quiet right there. He said, well, I can't do Jesus. He, he didn't tell you, you, listen, you can't die on the cross for anybody's sin because we haven't lived a perfect life. Only Jesus could do that. But you can't serve in such a way that others who don't know him will come to know him. You can serve in such a way and tell them the gospel message, but live a life before them that they would do the things God wants them to do. Jesus came and did great works because of his love for you, for me, and for us. And he's calling us to do this as well. And we can do this. Do what? We can love as the Lord has commanded us to love. Let's do that. We can share as the Lord would have us to share. Let's do that. We can forgive as the Lord allows us and shows us how we ought to forgive. Let's do that. We can give the way God wants us to give. Let's do that. We can have compassion upon other folk the way the Lord would have compassion upon us. Let's do that. We can empathize with those who we need to have emphasis for and realize, empathize with them and realize that they need this God that we have, that they can have the love that we have. Let's do this. We can go everywhere we go and tell a dying world that we serve God, a God who sent his son through 40 and two generations, who came to this earth and went about doing good. Out of all the good Jesus did, folk did talk about him. They did ridicule him. They call him everything but a child of God. But can you see our Lord and Savior? He continued to do good. He continued to do good. Sometimes when we do good and folk talk about us and ridicule us, we quit. We take our ball and go home. We quit playing marbles because somebody says something or somebody said that somebody said something. But yet the Lord has called us in here for the long haul. He's called us to hear his word. He called us to tell his word. And he calls us to live his word. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. Let's do this. He came and he allowed men to whip him all night long. He allowed them to march him up the dog off his heel. He allowed them to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. And because he loved you so much and because he loved me so much, the Bible says he died. He died. 
but the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. But how many of y'all want to celebrate with me? Something happened early on that Sunday morning. The Bible says it was early on that Sunday morning. He got up with power over the grave. Victory over death. He wanted everybody to know he has power, not just some power, but he has all power. Power over the grave, victory over death. Can you see our Lord and Savior? He ascended into heaven. Sent back the Holy Spirit. Sent back the Holy Spirit. Why did he send back the Holy Spirit? To empower us to do this. To empower us to do this. So let's do this. Let's get the work done. Let's give him praise. Let's give him honor. Let's give him glory. Not just talking about it, but let's do it in the way we walk. Let's do it in the way we live. Let's do it in the way we treat one another. And God will get the glory. I gotta tell the Lord, thank you! He's worthy! Worthy of all the praise. And when you're doing your best, and when you give the best of your service, he'll understand and say, Well done. We've been called to serve. Let's do this. We've been called to love. Let's do this. What a mighty God we serve. There may be those today that want to unite with this God who loves who won a night with his God who gives his all to us. There's a prayer we ask you to pray. We want you to say, Lord, I need you in my life. If, if, if you're not saved and want to be saved, you can do it right now, wherever you are. Those here in the sanctuary, those who are not, right now you can ask the Lord into your life. We'll pray a prayer. When I pray this prayer, I'm praying a prayer for you to pray. I can't pray it for you. I'll lead you in it. But you have to say within your own mind and heart, I need the Lord in my life. If on today, you say, I've sinned, I've come short. I want to get, I want to allow God to God direct my life so I get it right. You can't get it right on your own. Let me just put that out there right now. You can't do this without God. You need God to guide you. The Holy Spirit living in you to guide you. So I pray we will acknowledge that we've sinned. In the prayer, we will ask God to come into our lives. In the prayer, we will acknowledge that we believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave. The Bible says, Romans 10, 9, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So let's pray this prayer if you want the Lord in your life right now. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for those who come to Christ on today. Hallelujah. And if you're in the building today and accepted Christ, 
and just want to acknowledge that and like to be a member of First African Baptist, just walk down the aisle, stand up front with us. We'll keep our, our distance, uh, but we will get your information, share it with you. We ask you to please go ahead and, and text it to that number uh, and text SAVE if you've accepted Christ on today. Uh, if you've done that, we invite you to do that as we give God praise, honor, and glory. Come on, let's thank God for those who are coming to Christ on today. Hallelujah. Let us now prepare to read together our church covenant. We're found on in the inside of our hymnal, and we're going to read together our church covenant. And after the reading of our covenant, our choir will come forth with the selection as we prepare for communion. For those of you at home, we ask that you would now prepare your, your elements for communion, the bread and the fruit of the vine, as we prepare now to get ready for communion. Our church covenant found the insert of our hymnals, and it reads, let's read together. Having been, as we trust, brought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves wholly to him, we do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in him with brotherly love to his glory as our common Lord. We do, therefore, in his strength engage that we will exercise the Christian care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully warn, exhort, and admonish each other as occasion may require that we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but will uphold the public worship of God and the ordinances of his house, that we will not omit closet and family religion at home, nor neglect the great duty of religiously training our children and those under our care for the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven, that as we are the light of the world and salt of the earth, we will seek divine aid to enable us to deny ungodliness and every worldly lust, and to walk circumspectly in the world, that we may win the souls of men, that we will cheerfully contribute of our property, according as God has prospered us, for the maintenance of a faithful and evangelical ministry among us, for the support of the poor, and to spread the gospel over the earth, that we will, in all conditions, even till death, strive to live to the glory of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to It was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. As we come to the table, we come remembering how much God loves us. We come remembering that Jesus died for our sins, rose from the grave. As we come to this table, we remember that Jesus assembled in the upper rooms with his disciples. And as he assembled in the upper rooms with his disciples, he took the bread and broke it and blessed it. He took the fruit of the vine and blessed it and gave it to them and said, take, eat, take, drink. We're going to bless the elements that we partake, that we will use on today and ask God to move in a special way with these elements. So as 
we pray, let us pray that God would move in us and in our elements that as we partake, it symbolizes our unity of doing what God would help us do. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we come right now in the precious name of Jesus, thanking you for this opportunity to in worship to be obedient to your word. Thank you that we can commune together. Thank you for the blood that washed away all sins. Thank you for the blood that will never lose its power. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. God, we love you. We adore you. We magnify your name. Move within us, God. Everyone who's participating in this communion experience, God, we ask that you would be with everyone. Everyone who's been baptized, God, we ask as we partake that everyone who's been baptized would partake. Let there not be anyone who says, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. For anyone who feels that way, God, we ask right now in a special way, Holy Spirit, that you would move in their lives, their minds right now. As you change these elements from a carnal use to a spiritual use, create within us a clean heart, renew a right spirit within us, that we can fellowship together, that we can partake together, that we might be one that you might get the glory. Bless now as we commune together. Strengthen us in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. When Jesus sitting with the disciples took the bread, he took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body which is given for you. Take, eat all of it. Amen. Praise God. Likewise, you took the cup and said, this is my blood, shed for the remission of sins. Drink all of it. As we prepare to leave, we're asking that uh, those assembled here, please wait till the usher comes to your pew after the benediction. Wait till the ushers come to your pew, and you can give them the um, the, the the cups. You can give them the, the cups that you've used as they ask you to, to leave. Um, thank you so much for coming to share. Also, those who are giving, we ask if you have not given. You can give in the the boxes in the back. In the boxes in the back. I started to say the black box in the back, but yeah, please give on this morning. Those who are watching us online, you can go to Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, and give through an app called Givelify, or you can send your contributions to 23 Montgomery Street, Savannah, Georgia 31401. Thank you again for worshiping with us. We give God the praise, the honor, and the glory for your coming with us. Let us pray. God, again, we thank you. We love you and adore you. We magnify your name. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. Now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. God, be with our guests in a special way and those who travel to come and worship on today. Give them safe passage back home and their places of abode. Keep us all, God, that we would do the work you called us to do, that we would be vigilant that you might get praise, honor, and glory. It is in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Have your way, God. Amen and amen.
Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.